Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello, and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. I am looking forward to tonight's conversation with Waleska Gonzalez. Waleska is the first Puerto Rican female to ever join the ranks of the Pennsylvania State Police since the creation of um, that division in 1905. She was promoted to the rank of corporal in 2018 and was a patrol supervisor in Troop K, Philadelphia. She was a hostage negotiator in the special emergency response team. She took a position as the Community Affairs Eastern Section Supervisor in the Office of Community Engagement and now was recently promoted to sergeant as a district office commander of liquor enforcement. You know, I... As I read through her bio, I was like, wow, this is amazing and that she has accomplished so much. But she also shared how her story didn't start that way and her journey of perseverance, tapping into her power and her self-love has allowed her to learn some life lessons um, and have grown through Uh, some childhood adversity and experiences, and even through her adolescence. And so tonight, as we talk uh, mother to mother, woman to woman, being able to listen to her flip side experience and learn from her story. So I'm excited to welcome Waleska Gonzalez. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Jackson. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today. Thank you. I'm super humbled. Um, I do want to give a disclaimer. I am here today not representing the Pennsylvania State Police, but as myself outside of uniform, um, being completely vulnerable and transparent and sharing my story with those that are listening. And you know what? That is the beauty of our um, the vision, actually, of our show is being willing and open to vulnerable, authentic conversations that not only motivate listeners, but actually provide strategy and insight and life learned lessons. And I'm sure you're going to have plenty of those for us in our conversation this evening. (laughs) I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So I know with all of the accolades that I just shared that you have been able to accomplish Your childhood experiences didn't start off with all of those accolades. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? What was it like? Oh, God, where do I start? Um, I'll try to keep it brief or we'll be here all day. Um, (laughs) I was born in Puerto Rico. Uh, We came over when I was seven years old. I grew up in an abusive home. My father was an alcoholic. Um, My brother and I saw my father beat on my mom on many different occasions, 
uh, one of the the things that really impacted me and what was probably one of my first traumatic experiences was when I was nine and I came home and um, we were evicted. Um, so we had to go live at the Salvation Army at the domestic violence shelter for women. Um, I recall being there at the very least a year with my mother and my brother. Um, thankfully, at some point we were able to leave. Um, what I didn't realize is that there was a seed of resentment growing inside of me when that happened. Um, that later on, as you grow and become a young lady, um, a young woman, that you start to see that those things start affecting you. In you particular, that yeah, I I was wondering what your takeaway would have been from those experiences. We've had two specific co um, co host guests on the show in the past that have talked about our internal narratives that we begin to develop from our childhood experiences. Can you unpack a little bit about how did that resentment, how did you begin to realize that it was resentment and how did it show up for you as you got older? Um, I would say in particular, what I call daddy issues. Um, as young ladies, we, we need that father figure, someone to show us what it's like to be treated someone to show us what love looks like. I didn't have that growing up. So how did that look in my life growing up is it showed up in my relationships, Um, not just romantic relationships, but friendships as well, not being able to fully trust those that came into my life. So subconsciously, I would self-sabotage a lot of relationships, my friendships, my relationships, relationships with coworkers, just because I I didn't know how to fully trust. It's amazing how when we begin to shape who we are and how we view ourselves in the world that we're in and how we connect with others, how so often if we don't become really intentional in unpacking the story that we're telling ourselves about ourselves, how it will impact so many other parts of our story. How did how do you feel that shaped you as an adolescent and how your high school experiences were impacted by that? Well, because I was struggling with that um, and trying to find myself, I started off being an excellent student, straight, straight A student elementary up until middle school when I started cutting school. And then in the 10th grade is when I decided that school was not for me. And I ended up dropping out, not really knowing that that was just a battle I was having because of those traumatic experiences that I I did have um, as an adolescent. Would you, as I think about other students, adolescents that are navigating adversity and struggle. If you can think about that high school adolescent, what would you have hoped uh, an adult could have said or shared with you? How did you, how would you have liked to have been seen in order to maybe change the choices that you made? Um, I think in that 
especially in, during the high school is having a mentor. Um, I, I feel like in high school, specifically where I was, I was lacking someone to actually pour into me. Um, and I think some of our youth are, are lacking that now, um, having someone to pour into you and guide you the right way, um, that whether that be counselors or teachers or, or anything like that. You are absolutely talking my language. I think if we can get to a place, especially in the season and time that we're in right now, to be able to look beyond the behavior that young people, especially adolescents, which are who are struggling with so many internal stories that they're trying to figure out and find their identity through, being able to find an adult, and it doesn't always have to be a family member, that actually sees them, not just the behavior but sees the individual, sees the person inside and reaches inside to be able, just as you shared, to pour into them, to help them see a version of themselves that they may not even realize is there. Right. I know that I know that you have two, two teenagers, right? Correct. <laughs> yes. Believe it or not, I have two teenagers. <laughs> And I, I tell you, any uh, parent who's out there, they're already saying, oh, yes, the teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> what began to help you make a shift in your thinking, in your approach, in your walk? Well, in particular, I remember I was 16 and um, I was running away from home. In particular, I went and ran away to Connecticut. I was 16. Um, at that time, my my cousin was living in in, in Connecticut, and her her uncle actually kind of took us under his wing and said, "Hey, you have to go to church if this is what you want to do. You have to go to church and you have to work." It's the first time that I really experienced um, my spiritual side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, cause at this time, my mother had no idea where I was. Um, I ran away, had no clue where her, where her daughter was. And I remember walking into church and the pastor preaching and he said, call your parents and let them know that you're okay. And I just started bawling. That was my first experience. And cause I grew up Catholic, but that was my first experience in a Christian church. And that that is what really changed me going to church and listening to the word of God and praise and worship. That is really what I grasped. What, what I really just look to, especially Mm -hmm. praise and worship, you know, music, just being in it. Um, And I ended up coming home. I saw God works in mysterious ways. I saw a commercial said 1-800-JOB-CORP. And I said, I had to do, I have to do something in order to not, in order not to be in this place anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you came home, what were some of the signs that you found in yourself? You, so you joined Job Corps. What did you begin to notice about yourself, your internal story, your behavior that gave you a sign that something was different in you and that the possibility of where you were going from here was different? 
Well, there was a constant battle there. And I would say there, there was a constant battle up until my early thirties. But in that particular time, um, I would say, um, I saw potential in myself. And one of the things that really motivated me is growing up homeless, seeing my mom struggle as a single mom. That was my motivation. I wanted to be able to be somebody. And I knew that I had the potential. I just needed to believe in myself. Mm. So recognizing, it sounds like that teenage, adolescent, uh, young a young lady began to see herself differently as as you experienced your spiritual side. You began to you join Job Corps. So, what was that like? How did that begin to shape the direction you would begin to take as you're going into your early adulthood years? So, I thought that changing the environment in which I was in was going to change the way that I was that I thought. And that is not the case at all. Um, Going from the Philadelphia area to Pittsburgh, um, I was still doing the same things. And it wasn't until, and I don't think I included this in my bio, but it wasn't until I met an Armory recruiter who actually told me, sat down with me, told me about the military. And I said, you know, this is probably something that I need in order to receive the discipline that I need to be able to move forward with my life. And that's really what shaped me and changed me to be the person that I wanted to to be. The discipline piece? Correct, yes. Mm. When you just shared that, that is something that we've talked about on our growth webinars that we've been doing. Living Strong has been providing monthly on the first Tuesday of every month. Uh, growth webinars. And there is a quote that John Maxwell uses in his 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. He says that oftentimes people want to change their circumstances, but not change themselves, and therefore they stay bound. And as I heard you share how you felt like, if I just change where I am, things will change but it actually required a change inside of you and how you began to see you and the things you were willing to do inside of you that created the change. You talked about the spiritual shift that you began to to experience, the the willingness to even come back home. I I feel like that might have been a humbling experience for you And then beginning to tap into discipline. Can you tell us a little bit more about how discipline played a role in your shift and change? Well, I feel like I I never had that at home. I felt like um, not having my father there and having a mother who was always working to provide for us. I was kind of left to figure it out on my own, which for a 16-year-old, that is not good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's not um, so the military really just taught me, again, like we, we were talking about the, the discipline that I needed, um, but it helped me really dig deep. Some of the things that you do in basic training, um, I thought I would have never been able to do, but it allowed me to dig deep and say to myself, you got this, you could do it. Um, the entire time I wanted to quit. 
However, it really did, like I said, teach me dig deep. And that's what I've taken with me through entire, my entire adult life. As I listen to you explain kind of your journey from your childhood through adolescence, and I heard that shift where there was a point in time when you re- really believed that you had the potential. You just had to figure out how to tap into it. So that seed, there were, there were almost steps that you took to get to the place that actually prepared you for those moments of discipline because the seed of I can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I can't quit on myself. It Correct. all seems like it just, it continued to build and get you to a place where you were able to stick with it, stay in it, even though it was hard. Correct. Yes. Wow. I can't wait for us to begin to unpack how after the military <laughs> and you began to find that discipline, you continued to grow as a woman and your mindset began to shift. When we come back from our first break, I want to be able to jump into how, what was it like <laughs> being the first Puerto Rican female to become a part of the state, um, PA state uh, police? And what did that take and how that has shaped you? So when we come back from this break, I want you to begin to think about, if you're listening, where do you want to begin to level up? Where can you begin to tap into that mantra for yourself that this is not the time for you to quit? It's actually the time for you to grow. If you would love an opportunity to unpack how to grow, creating a growth plan for yourself, check out our website, www.livingstrongllc.com for an opportunity to connect with our growth community that has been happening all year long. It's not too late for you to become a part of the community and create your own plan for growth. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life is now in session. Are you present? We don't get a dress rehearsal in life. So why not grab every moment you can to grow? Join me every first Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific for our live webinars. We're creating a growth plan and unpacking the 15 invaluable laws of growth by John Maxwell. Instead of waiting for growth to just happen by accident, Let's get intentional about creating a growth plan for you. Let's do it together. Log in to www.livingstrongllc.com and grab your spot for First Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 Pacific. And let's grow together. It's your time. The law 
of the trade-offs. We need to give up some things we value to grow up. We all make trade-offs in life. We don't always get what we want, but we always get what we choose. When you want something you've never had, you've got to make changes you've never done. Give up financial security today for potential tomorrow. Give up immediate gratification for personal growth. Give up security for significance. You cannot always make a new start, but you can make a new end. So join us September 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our next growth webinar. Our first Tuesdays with the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. We are unpacking Law 11, the law of the trade-off. You must give up in order to grow up. Register at www.livingstrongllc.com. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. You know, we have been having an, a powerful conversation and been on a journey with Waleska Gonzalez as she has taken us through her childhood adversity, her ability to continue to move forward as an adolescence, her time where she actually ran away but came back, connected with her spiritual self, her identity, and had found discipline because it wasn't just changing her environment. She began to realize that she was the one who needed to change. Those powerful moments where if we would become vulnerable enough to look into the mirror and acknowledge that it's not just the situation but it's how I'm showing up in the situation that can make the difference and the shift and the change. So, Waleska, I would love for us to jump into your journey um, becoming a part of the PA um, Pennsylvania State Police. So what has that been like? What was it like being the first? <laughs> so um, I always like to share how it became, right? Yeah. Um, because um, the first, I actually went through the academy twice. Um, the first time I actually had just had a C-section, I left my three-month-old baby at home to be able to go through the Pennsylvania State Police Academy. Um, the C-section was not healing well. I was going to get sent home. And thankfully, there was a mentor. We spoke about mentors earlier um, in the segment. Um, and because of him, I ended up coming back. But Lieutenant Cologne. Um, he has since retired, but called me up as a cadet and said to me and poured into me and said, you have to come back. And I said, well, why? And he says, you're going to be the first Puerto Rican female to ever join the Pennsylvania State Police. At that time, I was already emotional from leaving my kids. I had no wants to come back. 
um, a year passed. And then I decided to come back again at this point, leaving my two kids. At this point, my youngest was one, one and a half and my oldest was three and a half. Um, and I share that to say is um, I didn't make an excuse for myself. This is what I wanted. And I had to sacrifice time with family in order to provide for my children and give my children the life that I didn't have. Um, and that's how I became the first Puerto Rican female of the Pennsylvania State Police um, and still blazing trails. And that's not to glorify myself. Um, I'm extremely humble, but um, there are women and young ladies that have gone through traumatic experiences who have um, been single parents and think to themselves, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. um, and I always preach and I like to say not to make your circumstances environment and fears define who you are. There's always a way. Um, and that's how I've been so successful in my career. I am speechless. I so appreciate the honesty and again, thankful to the individual. We often think that it's going to take a whole bunch of people to um, create a shift in someone else when it can just be one individual that pours into someone to help them see the possibility and the impact that they can make and taking the time to share and to connect. That is a powerful story. And, and you came back and you did it <laughs> as, as a single mother. How was that? How, what would you say were the biggest life lessons and the hardest challenges in that process? I think one of my hardest challenges was putting family first at the beginning of my career. Um, because I am so ambitious. I always, I'm always looking for the next thing. Once I accomplish something, it's like, okay, what's next? Um, but being a single mother in a male dominated field where typically shifts are, you're working crazy hours, you're seeing crazy things. Um, so at some point, another mentor of mine said, Hey, we have this position open. And that allowed me to work Monday through Friday weekends off. And that was one of the times where I was which it was one of the times where I said, you know what, God works in mysterious ways because not it not only allowed me to spend more time with my children, but it allowed me to share my testimony with those children that look like me or have had traumatic experiences. So I took that community engagement in the beginning of my career, went into shelters, went into detention centers, shared my story completely transparent and open about what I've been through so that they can see themselves and say, you know what, if she could, she could do it, I could do it too. We on this past Tuesday uh, had our first Tuesday growth session and the session was on trade-offs that as we continue to grow and level up, we must make decisions about things that we're going to have to trade off and take risk in order to keep moving forward. But there has to be a balance to that. There are things that you trade off because it is necessary. You have to be willing to let something else go. There's a, a quote that we used in the session that one of the scariest moments is in order to steal second base, you have to take your foot 
off of first base. And it's that moment where I'm going to go for it, but I've got to leave where I am in order to get to where I'm going. And that can feel very risky, but being willing to recognize there's more at stake here. If I stay on first base and, and sabotage going to second, it's such, it's a powerful moment of being willing to take that risk um, because there's, there are others counting on you. And it sounds like building legacy has been important to you. Yes, it has. I mean, I'm the first one in my family to ever graduate college and um, have a career. And I wanted to make sure that that was the foundation that I laid for my girls and letting them know that it, it's okay to be ambitious. It's okay to want, it's okay to see yourself in something bigger. Um, and, and, and that's why I pour into my kids, just like I pour into our youth and mm-hmm. our communities. Breaking cycles. I rem- I recall in the narrative that you submitted uh, as we were preparing for our segment, you specifically use that term of breaking cycles and how perseverance um, has helped you do that and being able to create uh, trade-offs and take risk because the legacy for your children and everyone else that you impact is it's it's more valuable than the fear. Correct. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So how has it been? I know a part of your career has been connecting with the community. How has that been for you? It's been amazing. Um, I think because I'm so passionate about it. um, You know, I always thought to myself, well, God, why me? Why am I going through this? And it wasn't until later on um, in my career that I figured out this is why. My testimony is meant for me to share with those and be completely open and transparent so that it's, it wasn't wasted. You know, mm. all the pain, every, my, my pain, my heartache, all of those things were not wasted because now I'm able to pour into people um, in hopes that, hey, to give them a little bit of hope. Mm. My pain will not be wasted. I'm just going to let someone... Um, sit with that, that there will be purpose in your pain if you don't just uh, sit in it or discount yourself because of it, being able to put it into place where you, it sounds like you were even able to leverage your experience so that other people could benefit and create what we call a not just adding to other people's lives, but multiplying as a result of it. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say have been one of the, or more life lessons that have shaped you as a single mother through whether it be your career, your past, what what is a life lesson, a strategy you have picked up that has helped you continue to move forward? 
Well, one of the things, especially as a single mom, um, and one of the things I struggled with is asking for help. Because when you come from where I came from, asking for help for me was a weakness. I didn't know how to ask for help. I always have been of the mind frame of I'll figure it, I'll figure it out. Um, but that was that would be nearly impossible in a career like mine, trying to raise two young ladies. Um, so I had to look to a village. If if I have any advice for any of our listeners, would be to create a village, especially if you're a single parent, um, to create a village that can help you raise your children. Um, because if it wasn't for my village, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. When I think about um the understanding that if we're going to do anything that creates greatness or impact, no one does that alone. <laughs> and I've shared with um, some moms in the past that you are still a strong woman, even if you're asking for help. Your strength doesn't become compromised just because you're asking for help, it actually shows your internal strength because you recognize what you're carrying and what you're doing is bigger than just yourself. Correct. Yeah. Would you say um, that that's also tied to your you recognizing your self-value and your worth? What role has that been, even in your career, as well as uh, as a mother? Um, well, I want to touch on also and how that is the bigger picture is mm-hmm. um, I had to really come to terms with my wound. Sometimes mm-hmm. as young women, we tend mm-hmm. to try to push it aside and and forget that it happened and then we kind of reinvent the wheel in different relationships or, you know, in our careers. And I had to really understand that I really had to be okay with facing my wounds and saying, okay, this happened. But also um, I know in my community um, going to a therapist is a no, no, or it's frowned upon. So I had to really come to terms with it's okay. I need, I need help. The being able to tell yourself and being being okay with needing help from from a professional is definitely needed when you're going through traumatic experiences and as you're growing as well. You know exactly <laughs> what so many people, especially uh, people of color, uh, getting rid of that stigma of going to a therapist. And I would also venture to say sometimes in um, the community of faith that uh, there can be a stigma with um, going to a therapist as well. Recognizing um, Dr. uh, Anita Phillips shares that, you know, worship is a weapon and therapy is a strategy and they can work hand in hand. And the power of connecting with your wound instead of trying to move through life, continue continuing to be wounded, get some healing for that thing. Mm-hmm. How, when, when was it that you began to realize that you were actually healing? 
I would say after I had a really toxic relationship and um, going, it was a roller coaster of a relationship. And once I finally decided to leave it um, and really saying to myself, I need to spend some time alone um, without a relationship um, and really digging into those daddy issues that we talked about earlier, um, that was really, really impactful for me. Mm. Being willing to be with yourself. <laughs> yes. I, think, I think that's powerful. How many of us run from ourselves by running to people or staying connected with people because we're afraid of being alone with ourselves? Would you say that that's something that you had to also learn? Absolutely. Yes. I didn't realize until later, until that those three years where I decided to be single and not be in a relationship that, wow, I was afraid of being alone. And that was because I didn't have my, my father. And although my mother was physically present, she wasn't emotionally there. Mm-hmm. So everyone that I really needed when I was a, a kid was never present. So like, I, I felt like I needed to like have someone in my life at all times. Um, and it wasn't until that where I was like, you know what, this is great. Being alone is fine. <laughs> Say, it's actually you know really what? great. Right. Like, actually, I like myself. <laughs> right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> I would absolutely see how when we begin to heal, we realize how amazing we are. When we begin to drop some of those labels and the hard shell that we may have had to build around ourselves, and we begin to allow ourselves to be open and vulnerable, it's an opportunity for us to recognize, you know what? I pre- I am pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are getting ready to take another break. And during this break, I hope you will have an opportunity to just jot down our website, www.livingstrongllc.com. There are several services and opportunities that we have on our website, and we would love for you to become a Living Strong Insider. If you tap on our website, fill out a short form, you'll stay abreast of everything that we are doing. You'll be one of the first to find out about it. So during this next break, jump over there, see what our website has to offer, and then come right back because we have more that we want to be able to talk about with Waleska Gonzalez and hear about, so how are things now? What is she up to now? And what can we celebrate with her? We will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Law of the Trade-Offs. We need to give up some things we value to grow up. We all make trade-offs in life. We don't always get what we want, but we always get what we choose. 
When you want something you've never had, you've got to make changes you've never done. Give up financial security today for potential tomorrow. Give up immediate gratification for personal growth. Give up security for significance. You cannot always make a new start, but you can make a new end. So join us September 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our next growth webinar. Our first Tuesdays with the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. We are unpacking Law 11, the law of the trade-off. You must give up in order to grow up. Register at www.livingstrongllc.com Life is now in session. Are you present? We don't get a dress rehearsal in life, so why not grab every moment you can to grow? Join me every first Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific for our live webinars. We're creating a growth plan and unpacking the 15 invaluable laws of growth by John Maxwell. Instead of waiting for growth to just happen by accident, let's get intentional about creating a growth plan for you. Let's do it together. Log in to www.livingstrongllc.com and grab your spot for first Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 Pacific. And let's grow together. It's your time. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. And we are talking with Waleska Gonzalez, and she has absolutely been an inspiration and a powerhouse. And something that she shared in the first segment absolutely resonated with one of our listeners. And as you share, if we're honest, being a part of the Pennsylvania State Police would not necessarily be a traditional career choice for a woman. And being the first Puerto Rican female in that position, it is, again, something that other females may not recognize as a possibility. And one of the questions that came through as Latoya asked, from the perspective of a single mom, how do you find balance to pursue your ambition, ambitions, your dreams, and remain focused on your family? How do wow. you find how do you find that balance? Wow, that's a, an amazing question. Um, <laughs> where do I start? Um, I really have to tame myself because as I said earlier, I am very ambitious. Um, it's not, it wasn't easy at first. Um, because again, I am so 
engulfed in wanting to provide for my children. And it's like, okay, I finished this. What's next? Um, but because my children are now older, I'm able to be completely open and transparent with them about my career moves. And one of the things that I did throughout my career is I always spoke with my children. I let them know what was going on. We've had, we have those conversations when I was, when I was, um, studying for corporal and studying for sergeant. Okay. Hey, mom's doing this and this is why. Um, but always having that open communication with your children is huge. So they don't feel like you're leaving them out. So they're Mm -hmm. understanding, Hey, mom's doing this, not just for herself, but for us as well. And my kids now have adapted that where they're like, mom, I want to do this. And this is why. So I think it's, really huge as a single parent to have that open line of communication with your children, even when you're at work, you know, sometimes I'd be at work and I may have overtime or have to stay after because something happened. Hey, this is what happened. And this is why I can't come home right now. So again, just that open line of communication is extremely huge. I I really appreciate your the thought process as well as your explanation. So often I know as we have um because you've also been on our power parent conversation. I think you may have been one of our first or second um participants on that platform as well. And when we talk about um, giving advice to parents, recognizing that children will create their own story if you don't give them the truth. And because of how their brain is wired and how it is still developing, they will think that it is about them or something that they did wrong or something that they're not enough of. So when you have clear, open communication, it's an opportunity for truth to be a part of their narrative. And just as you shared, if we're honest with them, they will grow to continue to be consistently honest with us as well. That respect back and forth. Yes. So as I think about some of the things that you shared in our earlier uh, parts of our segment, the word forgiveness came up for me. And I'm hoping that you will uh, allow me to kind of go off script a little bit. I'm, I'm curious what role in your healing process did forgiveness play Um for you to continue to move forward and grow and blossom and do so many powerful things. Forgiveness played a huge part in my life because I realized not until later that if I didn't unpack that, if I didn't forgive and forgiveness wasn't about the person that did me wrong, but it was about me and healing myself in order to be successful, not only in my career, but in my relationships, um, that didn't happen overnight. Um, that was a process. And I, I, I probably can admit that it took probably to my early thirties to be able to truly forgive my father. I mean, we try to have a relationship now. Um, it's not where it could be, but it's definitely not where it was. Um, but that was because I was able to say, you know what, um, 
I realized that hurt people hurt people, um, general generational curses and breaking that cycle, as I said, um, but truly understanding where he came from, not to give him, not to excuse his behavior, but he didn't know any better. Um, mm. But again, I'm still working on that relationship and forgiveness is huge in understanding and knowing that it's not about the person, but it's more about us. Wow. Recognizing that forgiveness is a journey. It's not a destination. It's not something that you just get to and say, okay, um, forgiveness is. It It really is a part of an ongoing process and giving yourself the um, ability to have good and bad and, and that it, it's going to ebb and flow with relationships. But another piece of what you just shared, I think people can wrestle with is understanding that although it's not excusing the behavior, it does explain how people who are coming from a hurt place can carry their hurt over into other relationships and pass it down and pass it on to others. And so if we release that bitterness and anger and unforgiveness, you can literally create or sever that tie that you have to their pain, as long as you stay bitter about it, you're actually continuing to stay tied to a pain that actually had nothing to do with you in the first place. So get yourself free. (laughs) That was powerful. Yes. So as we begin, can you believe that we are coming up on our last five minutes? This has been such a fast hour. I hope our listeners have gained as much from you as you have provided a treasure for me. There are so many things that you just provided confirmation in what I've tried to teach and share with others, but you're, you have lived it and walked it out. I'd love to find out um, what are you excited about right now? What are you doing that brings you joy, that brings you life? Well, I think I'm now at a point in my career, I just got promoted to sergeant, um, as I said in my bio, but really learning that side of, of, of my career now, but also um, I'm able to finally kind of relax a little bit. So now I just want to enjoy my children um, and, and just enjoy life because I feel like I've always been career and parent, career and parent. And now I'm able to, not that I didn't enjoy life. It's just that now I'm able to relax a little bit. Um, and I'm so looking forward to that, especially because I've had such a long career being a single parent, as we all know, it's not easy. I mean, being a parent at all is, is, is not easy, um, let alone a single parent. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited to just be in that. Yes, breathe in that space. Actually look around, be around and be connected with all of the amazing things that are around you. If you could give advice to a young lady who is out there and she needs your voice because she feels lost and disconnected, what advice would you give her as we close out this segment for today? Um, I would have to reiterate what I said earlier um, because, because it's so important about not making our environment 
our fears and our circumstances define who we are because so many times we sit in that. Um, I feel like that's just an excuse, but really um, diving into others, like I said, finding a mentor that um, you look up to and you see, okay, well, that I want to know what it took to get there. Find yourself someone that is at a place that you want to be and just sit down and take notes and let them lead you, let them pour into you. Um, that's pretty much my advice for, for young ladies is finding, finding someone that, that can pour into them. And the piece that picking someone who is where you want to go I think sometimes we look around at our peers and we want to take advice from people who are beside us or in the same place we're in. But the power of what Waleska just left us with is that look further down the road at the person who is ahead of you. They're in the place that you want to get to and then be humble enough to take notes. That is a powerful opportunity for you to be vulnerable, be present, but become connected to someone who will invest and pour back into you. Wow, wow, wow. Alessa, I so appreciate your vulnerability, your authenticity, and your oppor- the opportunity you have given for other young ladies to realize there is still the opportunity for you to not just stay inside the box, not just be the uh, a, a label that someone gives, but you have the opportunity to be and do what you have been born to be that there is more in you, your circumstances don't define you. Don't allow the world to define who you are. You have been placed here on purpose and there is still time. There's still space. There's still room for you to grow. So reach in and reach out. For you to have a chance to become and not stay in a stuck place. I hope that you have enjoyed our conversation with Waleska Gonzalez as she not just walked us through her career, but who she has become as a woman. We appreciate you listening every single week. And we enjoy you logging back in next week, same time, same place, here on the flip side of adversity. Have a great one. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.